0: Welcome to the Expat This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and we're kicking it off this week with a Thregopodfo update. For those of you who haven't heard, Thregopodfo stands for the third ever Germany expat podcasters advent donation face off. So I am going head to head with Sean of the Germany experience to see who can raise more money for a charity of our choice. This year, we're giving back to Kinderlachen, which helps kids across Germany who find themselves in bad situations. The funds I raise will go to a grant to help children who, due to physical or mental disabilities, are unable to attend traditional school, fund their education. And right now, we are sitting half a week into the second Advent week. And guess who's ahead? It's me. The expat cast is up to hundred and ten euros of donations and Sean and the Germany experience are lagging behind at 85 euros actually I have to say they were way behind at like 50 or something and I was feeling pretty comfortable about that but 85 is a little too close for comfort so guys I'm gonna need you to step up the game I've got donations from anywhere from 10 euros to 30 euros anywhere in between heck even more than that it's all welcome A core part of this challenge has been that Sean and I actually get to directly challenge each other to specific tasks. And you know what? Last year, I went hard on Sean. I made him compose an original song, a jingle for Sega Padfo, which he did. And okay, I admit he did a good job. So I said, you know what, Sean? You can go first this year. You can challenge me first. You know what Sean does? He goes ahead and he sits back, relaxes. He waits. He waits. He waits he waits. Then Wednesday, Wednesday, and mind you, midday Wednesday, not even first thing in the morning, midday Wednesday, he drops his challenge with the deadline of end of the week. Who does that? Well, let me tell you folks, my rival does. Sean does. That's the kind of guy he is. It's the kind of show he's running. Well, Sean, you know what? I'm an overachiever. I was the kind of kid who in school always handed things in on time and sometimes I I handed things in early. And you know what I'm about to do? I'm about to hand this challenge in early. What? Sean challenged me to rewrite the lyrics of a popular Christmas song to fit the to which I say, I have been working my whole life preparing myself for this moment. And I'm ready. I'm ready. Although you drop the challenge Wednesday night, Sean, and it's now Wednesday evening. No worries. No sweat for someone as musically gifted as I am. So let me just hit you with it right now okay jingle bells the germany experience smells sean laid an egg okay just kidding that's not really it that's too easy it's too easy it's way too within reach and actually that's not even about threggapadvo so you know what that was that was my little warm-up trash talk in the form of a song beat that sean oh wait you can't oh okay but now for my actual song it is time for Thragapodpho. Fala la 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 la. What the heck is Thragapodpho? Fala la 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 It stands for the third ever Germany x Podcaster Advent Donation Face Off. Put it together and you get a very catchy name: Thragapodpho. I am teaming up with Sean from the podcast called The Germany Experience. Sean and I are sworn rivals, la 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 We are competing to see who can raise more money for a charity, la-la-la. We both love living in Germany, and we want to give back to the community. We are raising money for a good because la fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la. Kinderlachen is the charity, fa la 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 they help kids across Germany, who are in scary or bad situations, click the link in our bios, to donate but wait, make sure you donate to mine, and not Sean's, hey! That pause right there, that was the pause for the applause. I knew it was there. I know you guys are cheering for me. Thank you. Thank you very much. So with that great success at Sean's sneaky attempt to trip me up with a last minute challenge, that means the ball's in my court and I can counter challenge Sean. What I could do is I could wait until Wednesday afternoon and then I could drop my challenge and I could say, oh wait, it's due by the end of the week. But I'm not like that, you guys. I'm not so evil, so conniving. So instead I'm going to be the benevolent gal that I am, and give Sean actually even more time for his challenge. Sean, your challenge is this. We are living in the land of poets and thinkers. So it's time that we get on their level. Sean, I challenge you to rewrite a classic Christmas poem to be about Threga much in the veins of my delightful song. You have until the last weekend of Advent, but I'd really love to hear it a little sooner. I'd love to hear it on your show next week. So let's see if you can get that done. <laughs> okay, enough Thregopodfo nonsense. It is time to get to today's episode. I am very, very excited to have this week's guest on. She is someone who I've been following on Instagram for a long time. As you'll hear me explain in the episode, this week's guest actually inspired what has now become a very integral part of my life here in Germany. Our guest is Christy, known online as A Sausage Has Two. She was born in London, but now she lives in Germany, where she is a food and travel writer. Because Christy posts so many amazing pictures of the area she lives I thought it would be great to have her on for a Travel Germany episode where she could tell us all about where she lives and why she loves it. So Christy is here to take us off to the wonderful city of Wiesbaden. Enjoy.
1: My name is Christy Dietz. I'm from London in the UK originally and I moved to Wiesbaden in 2010 and last summer, so 2020, I moved to a little wine village in the Rheinhessen wine region between Mainz and Worms.
0: Very pretty sounding. It's gorgeous, no?
1: I love it. It is it is beautiful and it's, it's not, you know, like dramatic sweeping landscapes like the Rheingau there's not like castles everywhere you look and the people are so incredibly friendly here
0: what actually first brought you to this area and then what was your first impression that I don't know if you remember the first time setting setting foot there but I always like to ask was it love at first sight or was it something that took some more time
1: okay to answer the first part first I married a German So uh, my husband and I met in London and I had always said I would be happy to move uh, anywhere in the world to do anything and three days before we got married he was not offered a job uh, back here. So we moved for his work and my, my husband grew up in Mainz. We kind of felt like we wanted to live on the other side of the river just so that we could kind of discover somewhere in quotation marks new together. I mean, Viespaden is just beautiful. You cannot help but walk around with your jaw dropped the first time you, you go there. So I don't know. I think it takes a while to get used to anywhere where you move. But like certainly aesthetically, like on, on a really superficial level. Yeah. I mean, you can't not fall in love with it. It's gorgeous.
0: And when you met your husband, had you guys visited before this move?
1: The first time I went to Wiesbaden was when we were looking at flats.
0: Okay, wow. Yeah. So then it's good that it's pretty. That certainly helps when you've already committed to the place. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And the the buildings there are all, for the most part, it's turn of the 19th century buildings.
0: Let's say someone like you of the era slightly before that moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) is first hearing of Wiesbaden right now. What are the three things that you think that now with your 10 years experience there that you think that they should know right off of the bat?
1: sorry to bang on about this, just how beautiful it is. It's like, that's going to be, that's going to be the first thing. I think it was actually first mentioned in Roman times. That's a, I'm going to merge points now because it's, (laughs) because one of my other points is that it's famous for thermal springs and it's thermal baths. So originally, uh, I don't know if it was a Roman settlement or like maybe a fort was built there or something, or maybe, I don't know, people were just keen on the thermal springs. That's when it first was mentioned as far as I know. And then obviously an awful lot happened between then and the end of the 19th century. But that's when emperors started making trips there to go to the springs and kind of recuperate. And it got really popular amongst Russian nobility. And they started going there for the spas. And of course, then houses started sprouting up and there's a casino and became a real hotspot. I think at that point, there was more millionaires living there than anywhere else in Germany. Wow. So it was like super fancy. Their buildings are all beautiful and ornate. Yeah, that's basically why it looks how it looks. It was barely touched during the war. Originally, there were like 26 hot springs. And now there's, for some reason, I want to say 14. I don't know if that's the case. You can still see them kind of puffing out bits of smoke around town, uh, up through the streets, like through fence in the streets. And it's got a couple of thermal baths. Uh, the third thing, which is arguably the most important is that it's the state capital of Hessen. So a lot of people think that the capital of Hessen is actually Frankfurt, but it's actually (laughs) Wiesbaden that's the seat of the government.
0: I have this, basically one of the only things I know about Wiesbaden, or think that I know, maybe I'm wrong, let's find out, is that it's quite close to Frankfurt. Because I, I feel like I've heard of several expats or internationals living in Wiesbaden and commuting to Frankfurt. Could that be? Yeah.
1: That is absolutely the case. So it's it's super close. It's it's about half an hour, forty minutes on the train.
0: I think this stood out to me because I'm someone who doesn't necessarily find Frankfurt the most beautiful like I think it's special in its own way but I I don't think I'd call it beautiful and I remember seeing pictures of someone living in Wiesbaden and doing this commute and I was like that's the way to do it (laughs) because wherever that is looks 12 times better.
1: Do you know I love Frankfurt I could do a whole other episode on Frankfurt I'm a huge fan of that city but yes visually it's a whole different kettle of fish to Wiesbaden, that's true.
0: Let's say that I, yeah, that I have a weekend in Wiesbaden. What are some things that I should do? How should I spend my time?
1: Firstly, I think you should just have a, a wander around. <laughs> so <laughs> the city centre is super walkable. Although if you're not able to walk far, there's also really good uh, public. You know, the buses go into the centre of the town, it's just pedestrianised. So, and there's also one of those little sightseeing trains that you can hop on and off. So there's beautiful houses to look at. It's really atmospheric. You can also take a funicular railway up to a lookout point over Viesbun. And there's vineyards on that hill as well. So you get a little bit of that. And then the city beyond. There's also a pretty cool swimming pool up there. um, The Opelbad, which has got a really cool vibe to it. It feels kind of, I don't know, whenever I went there, I kind of imagined in the 70s there being like super cool pool parties up there like a huge <laughs> great rectangular pool it's open air there's a restaurant uh, like a terraced restaurant it's really lovely up there and there's a beautiful old russian church so that's a really lovely spot to go up to thermal springs wise there's a couple of really cool ones so um, my favorite is in the center of town it's the kaiser friedrich term which is built on the site of a roman baths Uh, But it was built, for some reason, I want to say 1913. And it was sort of decorated Roman style. So it's not original Roman baths, but it's, you know, it's beautiful to look at on the inside. And they've got steam baths, saunas of different kinds, cold pool. They've got hot pools that use the water from the springs. They do spa treatments. So that's a really fun experience. And if you don't fancy going into an official thermal bath, you know, if you're not comfortable with getting or you kit off completely then there's the <laughs> Schwarzer Bock Hotel which opened as a bathhouse i think it was the early mid 15th century wow they've got a bathhouse like underground under the hotel so they've got beautiful old treatment rooms and they've got a pool down there so i guess that's like thermal bath light
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for beginners who yeah said you're they're maybe not ready to dive into the yeah exactly exactly for the comfort and of and your me. hotel yeah, yeah.
1: exactly <laughs> and another really big draw is the Hessen State Theater and the Cathedral so they were built towards the end of the 19th century so I think neoclassical style maybe um, and the theater is super famous around the world I think for people who are heavily into ballet opera theater classical concerts I mean it's impressive on the outside it's got a beautiful long colonnade. On the inside, is just mind boggling. You know, you walk in and it's insanely ornate and going to see something there is really something really special, possibly even whether you're into that sort of thing or not. And there's also the theatre is set around the outside of a, I mean, it's not quite a park. It's just a very long stretch of grass with some enormous fountains on it. And at the far end is the casino, which was built as a, a spa, spa in the sense of one of the places that all these rich folk would come and recuperate. It's used for events now. I think it's sort of a conferencing place, but it's got a restaurant that's, well, I haven't eaten there for many years, but it's a really lovely sort of bistro-style restaurant that apparently does a very good Sunday brunch and has a casino where you can still go and gamble. It's the casino where the Russian author Dostoyevsky lost all his money, or nearly all of his money, the end of the 19th century, which inspired uh, his novel The Gambler. So that's oh. quite a nice something for literary fans
0: not yep, so no, nice for the man himself who <laughs>
1: <laughs> less, <laughs> less funny, but... <laughs> nice less nice. maybe he won it back i don't know
0: yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I'll,
1: I'll <laughs> and behind it there's a really lovely landscaped garden that's really peaceful uh with a pond you can go about a small pond you can go boating in there's a little beer, beer garden and it's really kind of it's a nice little quiet spot really in the middle of the city and my favorite which i think i'll touch on a bit later the farmer's market on a saturday and on a wednesday morning and there's nothing like it for me. the the market in Wiesbaden is amazing. It sprawls across originally one square, but now everything's a bit more spaced out, so a bit further round the squares around the town hall and it's wonderful. Just the fresh produce is amazing. Loads of local fresh fruit and veg, and uh,
0: I love it. Yeah, I wanted to hear some more about food and drink in the area because, well, first off, you mentioned that there's a beer garden behind this casino, and of course, being Germany, the beer culture is very big, and often different regions have different favourites, different kinds of beers, different breweries. So is that the case in in Wiesbaden? What sort of things are people drinking?
1: So, uh, wine. (laughs) <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> so Wiesbaden's right in the middle of the, the Rheingau wine region. So there you know, there's plenty of wine to drink. And actually what's really common in wine country is to be able to choose wines by the glass. So if you go to a restaurant, it's you know, you don't feel under pressure to like share a bottle with a load of people. It's not as expensive as it might be elsewhere to just have a couple of glasses or whatever. It tends to be much less expensive to have wine by the glass. You can try different ones throughout the course of your meal. Having said that, (laughs) I'm not going to recommend anywhere to drink wine (laughs) in the city itself. For me, the best food in Wiesbaden is either regional German food or Turkish food. So the German food, my favorites are the Weinstrefhane, which is called the name of the brewery because they they sell Weinstrefhane beer they have on tap there. And that's in a really pretty street called Taunerstrasse, which is full of antique shops. And it's really leafy. And the buildings over there are Well, especially beautiful. (laughs) It's kind of like a a slightly posh Wiesbaden take on a Bavarian beer hall. So they have a few Bavarian dishes on their menu, but they also have local specialties and they really pay attention to the provenance of their ingredients, which I appreciate a great deal. Somewhere else I would recommend for eating German food is the Schopenhof, which is more of like a neighborhood joint. It was one of my old haunts in the neighborhood we lived in. And that's more like, a, well, it is like a traditional apple wine pub of the sort that you get in Frankfurt. I guess there, is, there might be wine on the menu and maybe there's even a beer or two, but it's mostly uh, apple, vine, apple wine that you drink there. And they have Frankfurt specialties on their menu. And that's a really lovely, cozy place as well.
0: Yeah. And speaking of all this wine, is it a specific type of wine? Or do you have a particular favorite, either type or maker
1: for me, the Rheingau region is is Riesling. I mean, there's, there's various wineries that will produce other sorts of wine, but I think anyone would say that the wine that you think of when you think of the Rheingau region is Riesling, and it's got a very specific sort of taste due to the type of soil that's there. It's got quite a minerally sort of a flavour to it, and I absolutely love it. I can't think if there's. I mean, I had a really good, good wine shop that I lived opposite. So, so very practical, good choice. So yeah, I guess I would recommend going to that wine shop as opposed to any specific bars to go and think. <laughs> and we would also go out. My father-in-law would pick us up on weekends in the summer, and we would all just go out on um, excursions into wine country, go to wineries, get a couple of boxes of wine, have a tasting. Oh yeah, so there's a couple of other places that are definitely also a bit more neighborhoody, and I guess places that are a bit less obvious for people who are visiting. They're both beer gardens. One is the Treibhaus, House, which is just like out of ta- town. It's amongst some allotment gardens. It's quite alternative. It's the sort of place that has like lampshades in the garden, and they do a lot of grilled stuff. And they do the best ribs. I think ribs are quite a difficult thing to find. Certainly yeah. around where we are, and they do really, really good rips. The other beer garden that we would go to is completely the opposite end of the scale, like super basic bread and sausage or sausage and potato salad, good beer, and that is the um is Applevoi Schmidt. Applevoy being local dialect for apple wine. So they also serve apple wine. And that was just, it was basically at the end of the park, close to where I lived, and it's on the very edge of the forest. So Wiesbaden is on the southern edge of the Taunus Mountains, which are low mountains and they're heavily forested. Hessen is Germany's most heavily forested state. Really? So you can come out of the beer garden and just walk into the mountains, find yourself on a hiking path, and just so, but so maybe not a good idea after a couple of apple wines. But um, yeah, I was
0: gonna say you drink a couple and you just walk into the woods. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Make sure you turn right out of the beer garden when you leave, right yeah. back <laughs> into town. <laughs> Yeah, so I love those. That's like really, really rustic and basic, but just like, I suppose if you're after a typical local experience, that's like a fun place to go to. And then the last place, I because w- I did say German food, regional German food or Turkish food. So the, um, there's tons of really good dana kebab shops and Turkish restaurants around the west end of Wiesbaden. I think the best one is called Harput and they have charcoal grill and they offer the most amazing grilled platters, really good flatbreads and they have fresh Iran to drink in a big tank.
0: All right, so let's say I want to get out of town, but I don't want to do so in the form of drinking too much wine and just wandering through the forest. <laughs> if I want to go a bit more goal-oriented out into the area, what are some some day trips that are possible from Wiesbaden?
1: Well, you could purposefully walk out into the forest, and I, mean, I would <laughs> I would highly recommend doing that because it's the start of various really big hiking trails that leave from Wiesbaden. So you can walk out along the Rhine and then out into the vineyards, or you can walk into the forest, and there's very Various different trails that can take you out in various different directions. In terms of visiting non-walking about day trips, pretty easy to get to all sorts of places from Wiesbaden. And it does depend. So as I said, we don't have a car. So all my day trips are train based, which I would highly recommend anyway. I and mean, it does depend on how far you're willing to travel. For me, I've gone to Dusseldorf on a day trip. I've been to Strasbourg and back. Uh, and that's like, you know, three hours there are three hours back on the train. But for the sake of argument, let's say it's more like half an hour, 45 minutes, tops an hour. Frankfurt, I would put on my list. Always recommend going to Mainz. And then you can take the train out along the Rhine, which I would hugely recommend. You can also hike out that way or up cycle, I believe. If you take the train, it stops at various different wine villages out in that direction. And Eltvilla would be a, a great one. It's beautiful in the spring, summer. It's full of roses. There's a beautiful rose garden there. It's also famous for sparkling wine. There's some great wineries uh, right on the river. Um, there's also Winkel Rudersheim, which is super touristy, but really, really, I mean, it's touristy for a reason. It's beautiful. Uh, really charming half-timbered houses, cobbled streets, that sort of thing. And in that direction as well, in the summer, I mean, there's throughout the summer there's wine festival. You can hardly move for wine festivals. And then in the winter there's Christmas markets, and all those places are brilliant for going to Christmas markets as well. If you're happy to go a little bit further on the train, I love Speyer. That's down in the Palatinate region, that's a really beautiful little town. Heidelberg's also not horribly far. If you're trying to pack a lot into a trip, you could totally go to Heidelberg on a day trip. Darmstadt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really well placed. We're right in the middle of the rhine main region. So it's like a super sprawling kind of metropolitan region, but um, with lots of greenery in between.
0: I mean, it seems like it's the kind of place you could add on to almost any other trip because yeah. also you're right by Frankfurt, which is a hub for, well, all sorts of travel, but especially the quick rail lines often come yeah. in and out of there. So even if, honestly, if you're coming from, I don't know, somewhere in East Germany you're going West, you're going to probably get funneled to Frankfurt anyway and then you can Yeah, exactly. So, is there a certain time of year you recommend or certain festivals? I mean, you mentioned just coming anytime in the summer and stumbling into wine festivals which sounds incredible.
1: The main wine festival in Wiesbaden is in late August and it it covers two weekends. It's called the Rheingau, the Rheingau Weinwoche which is the, the Rheingau Wine Festival and there's like about 100 different wine stands and they sprawl them out uh, in the um, the squares around the city hall so it's a really scenic location and there's it's only wineries from the Rheingau wine region so they're all show, showing off their new vintages some of their be- best old vintages and you can just rock up stand around have a glass of wine or you can sit down meet up with some friends have some food and it is just it's the best time it's really really good people watching <laughs> Ooh. astonishingly good people watching I mean Wiesbaden is still home i read it at some point but it was a few years ago now so I'd, I'm not sure if this is still accurate but that um, Wiesbaden was in the top three cities in Wiesbaden for uh, millionaires per capita and uh, the wine festival because it has you know champagne stands and stuff and it's Wiesbaden which is pretty classy it's quite a big draw for people to come down from there uh mansions and come have a glass of wine so the people watching is absolutely first rate um (laughs) and it's the sort of festival that wouldn't work in the uk because everyone would be drunk within 90 minutes and crawling home but somehow it really really works here people just have a really lovely evening and uh, there's always a little bit of entertainment it's music and stuff it's just a really good time and the other time is obviously also christmas the mark the christmas market in is also lovely that also takes place in the the central market squares and it's full of twinkly lights and, you know, all the usual stuff. In terms of glue though, there is the kind of mass produced sugary stuff that's full of like powdered packaged spice mixes, which we all know and either love or just sort of suffer through. <laughs> 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 um, but that you also in wine growing regions you also get Vince gluewein, which is mulled wine from the actual winemakers so they will use their own wine they'll use whole spices and they'll make really delicious old wine
0: I'm sold I'm sold on both. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that yeah the main theme of all of this is like come for the wine plan around the wine when you're there make sure you drink adequate amount and diversity (laughs) of the wine in different cities I'm into it I'm into it yeah it's uh, well yeah
1: (laughs) that's the theme here
0: I guess I think it's also good to mention because people listen to these episodes for a range of reasons but some people are listening from abroad where maybe they still have this concept of Germany being all about beer so absolutely yeah it's really nice to kind of talk up like yes that also and
1: (laughs) well it's I mean it's why I do what I do I just, you know, I realized that the, of course, the stereotypes of German food exist for a reason. And I was expecting just to come and exist on, pork knuckle and dumplings when I first got here. (laughs) But it's you know, German food is incredibly fiercely regional and uh connected to kind of regional cultures and traditions. And so a lot of the food that we know that people English speakers outside and probably non-English speakers outside of Germany think of as German food is actually Bavarian food. And there's a huge amount besides what you know people tend to think of when they think of German food. And of course that is, you know, also for people who just think about the beer there's also the wine and german wine culture was this year awarded unesco world heritage status so wow uh it's a yeah it's a pretty amazing thing to explore
0: okay now the next question is the most selfish one that i ask every time (laughs) um i'm i'm a lifelong bookworm my day job is as a librarian and my free time is spent reading books so when I travel I of course seek out bookstores libraries things like that so I always like to ask if there's any bookish adjacent things of note in this area so what's what's Wiesbaden got to offer me (laughs) so
1: my answer was this going to be a flat no (laughs) 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 there but then I thought about it and there there is a a library in Wiesbaden and aside from that. There, there are a couple of, I guess, quite interesting bookstores, and now I say that I've sort of something else that I really love. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you asked me this question. So there's a bookstore <laughs> on um, Marktstrasse, which is on the way into the center of town, it's pretty central. And that is a, I don't know what you call this, so it's, it sells books that have got some kind of error in them. Uh, that could be like, I don't know, a page hasn't been printed, or a page has been printed funnily, or I don't know, like a kid's book with flap-out things. One of the flaps hasn't got something behind it. Like just minor things that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. So the a bookshop. I don't know what's called actually, but th- so that's one spot that's quite fun. Uh, it's almost exclusively German books, but there are also the odd English language book in there.
0: That's just really cool, even as a concept. And I feel yeah. like um as a curiosity it's worth a visit. Totally. Yeah.
1: And I actually for the longest time didn't realise that was the point of the shop. I was just merrily <laughs> buying books without any, you know, inkling <laughs> that yeah. uh that I don't know, like someone's name was spelt wrong all the way through the book or whatever. You know, it's it's not something that really matters, I think, as a necessarily as a as a book lover somewhere else I would regularly go when I first moved to Wiesbaden there's a church called St Augustine's That's on the other side of town so it's on uh, Wilhelmstrasse which is the super fancy street in town that's you know got kind of fancy jewelry stores and designer shops and it's a beautiful street lined with amazing trees and there's a church there called St Augustine's and they have they had a kind of <laughs> And please forgive me if this isn't the correct term for the building. But to me, it was basically like a little shed
0: (laughs) to the side (laughs) of the building.
1: I don't think it was part of the religious structure. So I hope I'm okay saying shed. Um, And that was full of secondhand books. You could go and donate books there. uh, And it was all English language. So there's a U.S. base outside of Eastbourne is also well known because there's a U.S. base. Well, one of the only remaining U.S. spaces just outside of town. And I guess a lot of English speakers also go to this church. This is the place that you go to for really well-thumbed novels. Any sort of novel that you enjoy reading, and kids' books, I guess, are there too. That's the, if you want English language books, that's the spot to go to, I think. Aside from that, there's a couple of the, the big independent chains. Hoogendugel is there. And what I suddenly thought of before is that we have a lot, I don't know if this is the case Everywhere in Germany. I don't know how in how many cities I've actually noticed it, but we have a lot of those free neighborhood bookshelves where uh, you can just pop in anything that you finish reading that you don't want anymore, and other people stack books into there. I'm glad you asked that question because I really never thought about any of those things in detail, kind of as one subject
0: yeah I was gonna say you went from no to having so many really really good (laughs) recommendations
1: I went from a really a really firm no as well (laughs) and uh yeah and instead well would you believe it
0: okay so that was the selfish question and now what's actually my favorite question is to bring it back to you as an individual who lived in this place for quite some time what's your favorite spot to just be to to exist to go in Wiesbaden
1: I suppose quite a good way of looking at this is like, what do I most miss about Wiesbaden? And the answer is the farmer's market. (laughs) I just, it was the most enormous luxury to be able to buy fresh produce from the region, whether that's fresh fruit and veg during the summer months or game in the winter or local honey or whatever. To, To be able to shop like that is just the most extraordinary luxury. And I realized that at the time, and it took some adjusting to actually as well. When I first moved to Germany, I'd moved directly from London where you buy anything you want 365 days a year and to, to arrive in Germany. And things have changed a bit in the supermarkets since in the time that I've been here. So it's easier to get you know exotic fruits and that sort of thing where it was a bit trickier to begin with. But I had to learn about what came into season when. And I remember like the first year, but we were flooded with cherries. The cherries in that area are just insane. They are so good. And all of a sudden, the cherries kind of trail off and disappear from the market, and it's time for uh, stone fruit and apricots and all this kind of stuff. And I'd be like, well, but what happens if I want more cherries? (laughs) I have to wait another year for more cherries. But it means that, and this is the case everywhere, not just in Fiesbaden, but all over Germany, that people really celebrate the produce when it comes into season. So everyone gets super excited when it's, you know, when the first plums arrive, or of course, when white asparagus arrives, or. in the winter, there would be freshly pressed apple juice and quince juice. And it's just the most, feel free to stop me, I, I, I could talk about this all night. The yeah. um, Just being able to shop like that out in the open air, you really feel the seasons as they pass, you get to know people, it's so nice to be able to like chat to your butcher at length about various things and especially as a Brit like the cuts of meat are different in the UK to they are here so if I wanted to make something specific I could just have a really long chat with the butcher and describe what I wanted and he would a week later come back and have the bit of meat that I I really wanted. Where I live now, I don't have ac- such easy access to that anymore. It was a ten-minute walk for me to get to the market in Wiesbaden. I was going twice a week for the best part of ten years. So wow. for me, I think it's a really lovely way to kind of get to know the wider region because you know you visit in the summer and you're flooded with strawberries and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that there was somewhere in Germany that was like that did a really good <laughs> job of growing
0: strawberries. I, I don't know how it was for you in London, but I felt coming from the US. Us, there was such a personal value statement to say that you eat seasonally and you had to do so much work to figure yeah. out and, and to do it yeah. and it was just for me it was something I never did because it was just too much yeah. and I had other priorities and I just love that it's kind of outsourced you just go to the market and you don't have there to make is. a big deal of it it's just like breathing here it's just yes, part true. of how it is and it's it's really quite beautiful
1: I feel like it was a totally different mindset as well because you know I remember growing up it was the value was placed on how far away something had come from you know my grant my granny would come to stay with us and she would want to know where the mango and the fruit bowl came from and like the further away it came from then the more kind of special it was and now it's totally the other well totally the other way around but in Germany this is just how people eat it's not a trend it's not a fad it's not like oh yeah let's all try and eat seasonally now it's just how it's done
0: okay well if someone's not convinced by now I think that they are probably someone who really hates wine and beautiful (laughs) things Um, but (laughs) this is your last chance to give people that little push over the edge what's your personal elevator pitch for why people should come and visit Wiesbaden
1: I think it's a really unique city actually in Terms of the sorts of places that you think of when you think of traveling around Germany, you think of you know the big cities, really vibrant, buzzing urban environments. You think metropolises. You think of tiny, charming timber frame buildings in really cute little villages. And yet, then here's this really beautiful town that was you know hardly damaged during the war, and it's just incredibly pretty, and it has this. Quite a remarkable history with its thermal springs and that sort of thing, and it's just in a really beautiful setting, also surrounded by the forests and of the Taunus and also the Rhinegau wine region. And it's also really easy to get to, practical yeah. and
0: beautiful. What more could you yeah, want?
1: <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, with that, then we will round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zuck Zack Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Okay, You ready? Yeah. Other than the region that we've been discussing, where is your favorite place for wine?
1: Before I moved here, I only drank, you know, I'd be in the pub in London and be like, oh, I just want a white wine. I didn't know anything about wine. And since I moved to Germany, I'm married into a wine loving family. And I've dedicated (laughs) the time that I've lived here to learning about German wine. So everything I know about wine, I know about German wine.
0: So is there any other region of Germany other than yours that you like the wine from?
1: So I love wine from the Rheingau. I love wines from the Palatinate region, the Pfalz those i would say are kind of my two favorites but of course rheinhessen i've been i hadn't really paid that much attention to rheinhessen wines before i moved to this region so i'm um, mm-hmm. i'm kind of getting stuck into learning about them now
0: <laughs> very good and the entire country of germany what is your personal very favorite bakery
1: oh you see sorry i've got a um <laughs> i've got a gluten intolerance <laughs> <laughs>
0: <gasps> wow, um, tough country for yeah. gluten intolerant so, people yeah. the, thing
1: is, though, the thing is though, for my work I write about food and gluten intolerant or not gluten intolerant, I'm not celiac so I am willing to suffer for my work and I will try <laughs> things but I can't write about something that I haven't tasted to some extent that's also an excuse just to eat things that I really want to eat <laughs> Do you know what? I can't, so for that reason, I can't answer that question, but I can direct you to some research on bakeries that I did do, uh, which was in a book which was published in 2019, which was called Europe's Best Bakeries by uh, someone called Sarah Guy. She wrote a book about or collected information about bakeries from all over Europe, and I wrote most of the Germany section. So there's lots of fantastic bakeries in there, even if I'm unable to give one firm <laughs> recommendation.
0: That's a very solid answer from a gluten intolerant. That, that's great. I, <laughs> did I just call you a gluten intolerant? Oh my goodness! I, guess I said it. <laughs> Yeah, I try.
1: I try not to talk about it because you know I get people policing me on Instagram saying like, oh "Well, gosh. who who ate that thing that you just posted?" Then or did you eat that? You know. So I and also it's boring to hear people we'll talk about food intolerances. So, um, sorry, <laughs> not not in general. I I think it's boring for people to hear me talk about mine. So I just don't talk about it. Um, I did. Interview someone earlier this year was one of my lockdown highlights. Uh, Unable to travel for work, I started doing phone interviews and I interviewed uh, a baker in Bavaria who uses incredibly traditional methods for baking his bed and those all sourdough breads. And he was fascinating. And I, right at the second, can't remember his name or the name of the bakery. But
0: <laughs> well, we can direct people to your, your website. Okay. For, yeah, it's yeah. For, it's
1: online only. And it's a piece about Easter baking for National Geographic Traveler Food. If you search on the nationalgeographic.co.uk website for Easter baking in Germany, you'll be able to learn all about him. He's called And. I just forget his surname. And his delicious Easter baking.
0: Very good. All right. And the final rapid fire well I hope I do a bit better at
1: <laughs> rapid fire soft question.
0: Oh. and the last one is I wrote this before we talked so much about farmers markets so this is kind of perfect but if you could work at a farmers market even the Wiesbaden farmers market yeah um what would your stand be what would you like to sell
1: <gasps> um I would like to sell the blackberry and vanilla brandy that i made this year Oh, using it's a recipe by anya dunk i think it's from her book strudels noodles and dumplings i had collected a ton of blackberries from a uh, cycle to a lake near here to go swimming and there was bushes and bushes and bushes full of blackberries and i collected loads of them i made her blackberry and vanilla brandy and it is outrageously good
0: I'm coming to your stand. This sounds great. <laughs> this sounds so good. Well, you did a great job answering those and also all of the questions um, about Wiesbaden. And and we've sort of mentioned a little bit throughout that, yeah, you're a food writer. So so let's mention where people can find you, read more of your great work.
1: I, I have a website that is sadly not very regularly updated at the moment, which is um, all about food and culinary travel in Germany. And that is called A Sausage Has Two from the german saying which translates as everything has an end only the sausage has two and so you will find me on twitter and instagram at a sausage has two yeah that's where i'm kind of most active and when i do freelance writing when i've got pieces that i've had published i tend to share those on there
0: and wonderful beautiful pictures of all of the things that you're up to all of the the things that you've mentioned so i yeah personal uh <laughs> sign off on your instagram is fantastic oh I,
1: thank you i really love yeah, it love I really love doing it, actually.
0: I have to say, you kind of inspired me. I, um, I've um, i been market curious for a while, but I was always hesitant because I didn't know really how they worked and I felt intimidated when I first moved here. But actually seeing your post made me be like, oh, but she's having so much fun at the market. I am. <laughs> And then now I moved into an apartment across the street from a really delightful Saturday market. Oh, and I'm, brilliant. I'm in the market game. So, yeah, thank you for. That makes me so happy. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: but the thing is, it is intimidating. I was intimidated it took me such a long time to like get up the courage to go to the market in Wiesbaden for the first time for months my father-in-law was like you're gonna love it just go and I I don't know why it's so intimidating I guess it's standing in front of these stands not quite knowing what to order or how to order like my German when I moved here was pretty as good as non-existent. it is intimidating and yeah like for example ordering at the butcher if you don't know what it is you're trying to order like how to describe it it's it is intimidating but um I can only recommend it a couple of times before I left actually I met up with people who I'd got to know on Instagram and showed them around the market so I took them to my favorite stalls introduced them to a couple of the vendors talked about my favorite produce from each stand and that was really super fun as well
0: Everyone listening, you can get over your your market angst, your market fears. <laughs> Give her a follow. Christy, thank you so much for doing this. This was such a pleasure. Oh, thank you
1: for having me. I really enjoyed that. I'm sorry that I failed so miserably on the quick fire. <laughs> on the quickness <laughs> element of the quick fire.
0: If the problem here is that it's way too interesting and fun to talk to you, then I think we're I think we're doing good. <laughs> Thanks again to Christy for coming on the show and telling us all about beautiful Wiesbaden. You can find links to Christy's website, her Twitter, and her Instagram, which I raved about, all in the show notes. There you can also find links to my social media. I'm at The Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter, and you can find me online at TheExpatCast.com. Don't forget to donate to Podfo This year I'm raising money for Kinderlachen an organization that benefits kids in need across Germany. My project of choice is helping kids with physical or mental disabilities fund their education. The link to donate is also in the show notes. Thanks as always goes to Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feed with an episode about grief and specifically grief for expats. Until then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.